Well, amen. Let's open our Bibles this morning, Luke chapter number 5, as we continue in our study in the Gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter number 5. I appreciate that good singing and appreciate the Holden family. And if you missed last Sunday night, I want to encourage you to go back on YouTube and watch it and listen to it. Jason preached a wonderful sermon last Sunday night. Bless my heart. I'm thankful for it. Needed it. I want to encourage you to go watch that if you would. But Luke chapter uh, number 5, we're going to be in just a few verses this morning. In verses 12 through 16, Luke chapter number 5, I'll begin reading verse number 12. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. He charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to a priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much more he went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him in their infirmities. He withdrew himself into the wilderness and he prayed. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Lord, we thank you, Lord, uh, just for your goodness to us. Lord, uh, as we just sang, Lord, uh, we're amazed that you love us, Lord, and I thank you for your love for us. Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy in our lives. Lord, I thank you for, Lord, church, that we can come together this morning and we can worship you freely. Lord, I pray this morning as we preach your word, as we teach your word, God, I pray that you would speak to us. Lord, I pray that you would encourage our hearts this morning. Lord, I pray we'd see you high and lifted up. Lord, we thank you, thank you, thank you for how good you've been to us. Lord, bless all that's said and done. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. We've been uh, looking at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Here he comes in contact with a man, verse number 12. Uh, As he's in this city, he comes across a man that it says in verse number 12 was full of leprosy. This man, no doubt, had a problem. Leprosy is an age-old disease, and it's described, um, and it's been around uh, from ancient civilizations, this infectious disease, um, which really turns into a bacteria. It's not, uh, many would think it was uh, the the skin actually rotting. It's literally a nerve disease um, that would affect your body. There's different levels of it. Um, Today, it's known as Hansen's disease. It's very treatable today. But at this time in history, it was not treatable. It would attack the outside nerves, especially around the wrist, the elbows, and the knees. It would form lesions on the skin because of those nerves uh, being attacked. And it would literally cause your body to begin to break down. If you were to get it on your nose, it would cause your face and your, and your nose to literally collapse. It would disfigure your face from these lesions on the skin. If you were to contract it, you would be viewed as an outcast from society. You'd be considered unclean. Many would consider you cursed by God. Those that would get this disease would end up in dire straits. Most would end up as beggars on the street, homeless 
and hopeless. According to Jewish law and customs, one had to keep six feet uh, from a leper. If the wind blew toward a person from a leper, they had to keep 150 feet away. The only thing more defiling than contact with a leper was the contact with a dead body. Understand, the disease that this man carried was a serious disease. It would have been like you walking through the grocery store in 2020 and someone coughing or sneezing. It was, a, it was something that was not to be desired. It was not something that was desirable. If someone in your family got it, man, you would be moved out to the outskirts of the city. You would have been looked on as one that was unclean. You would face rejection. Rabbis were forbidden to touch and to be around you. Matter of fact, they would despise you. Uh, you were, they would call out unclean. Literally, they would believe that you would be cursed by God if you had it. This text says that this man was full of leprosy. The case had already advanced. This man was unclean. This man was cursed in the eyes of the culture. He was sick with an incurable disease. He was destitute with this physical problem. I wonder as I read this text if uh, what this man was before the time that he realized he had leprosy. Just a normal guy probably going home to his family going to work. I wonder what it was like once it began to spread on his body. I wonder if at the beginning maybe he noticed it a little bit and tried to hide it from his family or tried to hide it from those around knowing what was imminent, knowing what was coming. So it began to spread on his body and he was found out by his family and his friends and his co-workers knowing that he'd be rejected. Society disdained those with this contagious incurable disease. If you were to pass them on the street, no doubt you would have held your babies close. You would have done everything you could to stay away from him. The rejection that would come with this disease. The scoffs that would come with this disease. Literally the cries of being unclean as they would pass you in the, on the street. The rabbis and the religious condemning them. You can picture him sitting on a street corner begging for just a little bit of food. We've all seen that before, haven't we? And many times we walk by and stick our noses up. That's what this man would have, that's what would have literally been happening to this man. Him begging for bread, being rejected and starved by those who once loved him. Those that once supported him. A man at one time who had his health, had his life. And now he's destitute and diseased. Not only was this a physical ailment, I believe probably facing some mental ailment here. I mean, could you imagine, because of something out of your control, being rejected by your very family because you're sick with it? Your own kids and your own mom and dad, maybe your spouse, never being able to be around them again. He's sitting in this city, sick, not sick unto death because it wouldn't necessarily kill you right away, but knowing that the life that you would live before with no cure... You would be one that would be rejected by all of society. You would be looked down on by every person that walked past you. I don't know about you, but that would be a terrible way to live your life, wouldn't it? Knowing that you couldn't work. You couldn't be around your family. You couldn't be around your friends. He comes in verse number 12, if you notice this, and it came to pass. When he was in a certain city, behold, a man, look at it. He, wasn't just, he didn't just have a little bit of it. It says this, he was full of leprosy. Notice these words. Who seeing Jesus fell on his face. And he besought him saying, Lord, if thou wilt, make me clean. And he sees Jesus. 
And he falls on his face. And by the way, when we're in a place, when we're, when we're in a place like this, when we're alone, when we're rejected, I can't think of a better thing to do than fall on your face in the presence of Jesus. I mean, when you feel like you're being rejected, when you feel like you've been pushed away. And notice what he does. He doesn't beg for a little money. I, I imagine so many times he had asked for money as people would walk by. He doesn't ask for a little bread. What does he do here in verse number 12? He asked for healing. He begs for healing. He besought him saying, Lord, if thou wilt, make me clean. Lord, if you are willing, is what he said, can you heal me? Can you make me clean? He had a major problem in his life, didn't he? But who did he see? Man, he saw Jesus. He saw, he saw the Messiah. Look at verse number 13 and let's look what happens here. And he put forth his hand and he touched him saying, I will be thou clean. And I love this. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. Jesus reaches out and what's he do? He touches him. He didn't have to touch him to heal him. Jesus could have healed him by just speaking. Jesus could have healed him by just thinking. But he was showing his power. He was showing the power over the disease that the other rabbis had condemned. The other rabbis were afraid of. The other rabbis considered a curse. And he says this, listen, not only will I heal him, but I'll touch one that nobody else was willing to touch. Hey, I'll go after the one that no one else is willing to go after. And can I just say this at a side note? Aren't you thankful that Jesus will go after the unclean? He will go after the ones that nobody else is. Somebody better help me this morning. He'll go after the ones that nobody else is willing to go after. Man, he touches this man. And he says this. He says, I am willing. He says, it is my will. He touches him. And instantly, that leprosy, what happens to it? Disappeared. It's gone. It's immediately gone. Could you imagine being this man now? No more begging no more starving. No more scoffs. No more people avoiding you on the street corner. No more people calling out unclean. I can imagine him as he went home and maybe walked through the door of his house. I can imagine him as he sees his family, them automatically freaking out because he's there. and They don't want what he had. And they see him and he's, he, he's, he doesn't look the same that he once looked because he, he was touched by the hand of God. God accepted him how he was, but I love this, he didn't leave him there. You ever heard that before? Man, God, aren't you thankful that God, man, come as you are. A lot of churches say come as you are, and I believe we should say that. But I'm thank God. Listen, it's not come as you are and stay as you are. It's come as you are and leave differently than you came. Hey, when you come in contact with the Master and with the Savior and with His touch, He's not going to leave you in that leprosy. He's not going to leave you in that place. When you leave, if you truly are touched by Him, you're going to leave differently than you were, than you came. No more sitting on that street corner begging for bread. No more cries of separation and voices yelling unclean. This man was at a place where all hope was gone, a place of destitution, a place of great rejection, a place of social humiliation, a place of homelessness and hunger, a place of uncleanliness and disgust. But he saw Jesus and he simply asked Jesus to heal him. And what did Jesus do? He reached out and he touched him. And he took that thing that was unclean and he made him whole. Look at verse number 14. And he charged him to tell no man. 
So Jesus says, hey, I've healed you. Don't tell anybody about it. Man, I've touched you. Don't tell anybody. But go and show thyself to a priest. Now, this is interesting. And offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. What would happen in the Old Testament, I believe it's a... Leviticus chapter number 14, if a person was healed of leprosy, there was literally a process they would have to go through before they went into contact with anybody else. They would have to return to their priest. The priest would have to deem them clean. It would literally be an eight-day process. It would involve them shaving their head. It would involve them washing their clothes. It would involve them bathing. It would involve multiple animal sacrifices for eight days. Man, they would have to go through a process. And at the end of those eight days, they would be deemed unclean. Man, he had to be examined. He had to shave his head and bathe. He had to, listen, he had to, his clothes had to be cleansed. They had to worship and sacrifice. He had to go through this eight-day process. Then they would be presented back to society by the priest who deemed them clean. I mean, there's a couple things this morning from this text that I believe we can learn from. I mean, I believe there's something that we can take away from this this morning, this story of this sick man. This story of this man, man, that really in his life was in a place where he had no hope. He had nobody in the world that would want to touch him. He had nobody in the world that would want to be around him. I mean, have you ever been maybe walking down the road? I, I've had the uh, privilege, I guess, if you want to say, of being in many big cities in my lifetime. The best thing about a big city is the moment you leave. Somebody help me. Man, I've been to New York City. We lived on the outskirts of Baltimore for a little bit. I've been in the Philadelphia. Man, we've been in Los Angeles. I've been in the heart of the city. And sometimes if you're in a city, you'll be walking down a road. And I know you're probably way more spiritual than me. But many times there'll be people that are sitting on the sidewalk that are begging for money. Y'all ever seen that before? Man, I've been in places, I remember when I was in Bible college being in Chicago and we'd go into these projects to witness and to invite people to church. I remember walking up some steps and literally seeing people laying in their vomit from the night before, listen, ODing on drugs. I remember being in places where there was literally feces on the streets. You see these people in our minds. Man, there's no hope for these people. In our minds, maybe walk across the other side of the street for our safety and for our family's safety. Man, maybe you see one that's diseased. Y'all ever seen that before? You can tell that something's just not right. Maybe your child's walking with you and you see them kind of not paying attention to how children are as you're walking down the street and they begin to wonder. I can almost picture a mom running over there and grabbing her babies as they're getting close. And man, we've been there and you walk to that other side of the street. I'm thankful this, this, this morning to report to you when everybody else would have rejected this man, when everybody else would have went away from this man, hey, when everybody else would have crossed to, oh my goodness, crossed to the other side of the street, I'm thankful this morning that Jesus, would go and was willing to go where no one else was willing to go. I'm thankful that he was willing to go after the one that nobody else was willing to go after. You see, that leprosy didn't scare Jesus because, listen, he is the healer and he is the creator. He is God in the flesh. Man, aren't you thankful this morning that Jesus, He can save anyone. He goes to the uttermost. He goes after the ones that that are unlovely. Listen, He can save the ones that nobody wants to touch, that nobody wants to be in contact with. Man, I'm thankful for that this morning. There's three things that I notice that can compare to our life and this man's life. 
The first thing that I notice, number one is this, the plague of sin. There's a problem that every one of us have. If you read your Bible and you studied your Bible many times, leprosy is a representation of sin all through the Old Testament. Man, it's something that says, listen, it's one of those things that, listen, you just end up with and you're in trouble. You know, every single one of us, can I just remind us this morning, this is a good reminder for us. Every single one of us this morning are born with a problem. You were born with it, and I was born with it. You know what that problem is? It's a three-letter word. It's called sin. Behold, as the psalmist said, I was shapen in iniquity. And in, my, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Psalm 58, verse number 4, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. You ever heard somebody say, everybody's good? No, they ain't. That little baby, there ain't no good in them. You know the first word, first word your baby learned wasn't dada and mama. You know what the first ba- words your babies learned was? No. Oh, they're so, no, they're born sinners. Man, born in sin. Listen, original sin, we were born sinners. We must understand that this morning. Nobody's good. Every, oh, there's just a little bit of good in any, everybody. No, there ain't. Not until you meet Jesus. Listen, the Word of God says this. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2 1. Among whom all, Ephesians chapter 2, among whom also we all had our conversations in times past, the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh, of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath. How about this, Romans chapter 3? We could quote this this morning. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. You know how many do good? No, not one. Matter of fact, the first three chapters of Romans, Paul, in the lawyer-type style, is proving all men guilty before God. Every one of us has a problem. He, he addresses the heathen, the hypocrite, the Jew, the, the, the Israelite, uh, the Gentile. Every single one of us, listen, we're in the same boat. We may not have leprosy, but we, ha- we are born with something a whole lot worse. It's called the disease of sin. And because of that sin... Each one of us, guess what we come short of? The glory of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men. Why? For all have sinned. For as by one man's disobedient, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, by many be made righteous. Listen, every single one of us, we are as human beings. The human condition and the human problem at birth is this. We are all born sinners. You say, well, I'm not. Well, let me tell you what the Word of God says. If we say that we have no sin, we have deceived ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Listen, every one of us, and I don't want to bore you with this morning, but this is the great, one of the greatest truths in the Bible that we must understand this morning. This is part of the reason people will sit in church their entire lives and spend eternity in hell because they don't believe that they need a Savior. Every one of us, it don't, can I just say this morning, it don't matter what your last name is, it doesn't matter if grandma and grandpa were preachers. 
We're living in North Carolina, and there's a lot of preacher's kids sitting in this room this morning. Doesn't matter how long you've been in church. Doesn't matter how long you've sang. Doesn't matter how long you preach. Doesn't matter how long. Y'all hear me this morning. It doesn't matter. Every one of us this morning, we are born sinners. And for the wages of sin is what? Is death. Because of that sin, guess what? Every single one of us in here this morning, there's going to come a point that guess what's going to happen to us? We're going to die. Because of that sin, we die. And can I just say this this morning? The first thing that we have to do when we follow Jesus is understand, is the, this is the first thing, this is the first step. We have to understand that we're sinners. Before you get saved, guess what you got to be? you got to be lost. Everybody I talk to in the South, they're Christians. I never meet a person that ain't saved. <laughs> Everybody, do you go, do you know, Lord? yeah, man, I've, I've been in church for 25 years. Man, I do a lot of good stuff. I'm a good person. Listen, that good person will send up. Listen, being good isn't enough this morning. Y'all understand that? Being good, it's not by works of righteousness we have done. Listen, being good ain't good enough. Hey, giving money, yeah, I give a lot of money and I do a lot of good things. Hey, that ain't good enough. Your sin still sends you to hell. There must be a payment for it. Listen, that sin separates us from God. There is a, there, there's a separation from God because of our sin. Because of that sin, we are enemies, the Word of God says of God. Man, that's strong language, isn't it? To be an enemy of God. Man, there's a problem. There's a plague of sin. But you know what I'm thankful for this morning? That just because that, that there's a problem, but there's also a promise. There's a solution this morning. There's an answer to the problem. Just like for this man, there was an answer to his leprosy. Listen, there was no doctor that could heal what this man had. Hey, there was no thing, humanly speaking, that could fix this man. But when he came in contact with Jesus, Jesus touched him and left him differently than he was when he came. The promise of salvation, the power, there's an answer to the problem. There's a solution to the problem. There's a cure to the disease this morning, and it's not about being a good person. It's not about going to church. It's not about being a Baptist or being baptized. Hey, it's about this question. Has there ever been a time where Jesus touched you? Has there been a time of healing in your life? Has there ever been a time in your life of forgiveness of sin? I'm thankful that with every problem in Scripture, God gives a solution. I love the verse, and we could all quote it this morning. John chapter 3, verse number 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through Him might be saved. For God sent His Son... Listen, he that believeth on Him is not condemned but he that believeth not... Guess what? He's condemned already because he hath not believed on the name the only begotten Son of God. Romans 5, 8, I, the most quoted verse in this pulpit. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. Aren't y'all thankful for this this morning? Christ died for us. Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His grace. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 24, who His own self bare our sins in His own body on a tree, that we being dead to sin should live into righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. And aren't you thankful that it doesn't stop there? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, sometimes we forget, as the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter number 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised 
for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Do you know what the cure for that sin problem in our life and for that destiny problem in our life is? Man, it's the touch of the Savior this morning. And I just want to ask you this question. I want you to think about this this morning. Has there been a time in your life, not where you prayed some prayer, not where you went down and had an emotional experience at an altar, although that's good for us every once in a while. Some of it's been too long. Some of it's been a long time since we've had a tear run down our face. Some of it's been a long time since we forgot and remember who we were before we got saved. Some of us, it's been so long we get bored sitting in church and hearing about the good things of God. I've been there before. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Has there ever just We don't do this all, but has there been a time in your life where you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is? You know, there's a lot of people. I'm not trying to scare you this morning. I'm not trying to be mean to you morning. There's people that will sit in church every single week of their lives, and when they breathe their last breath, they'll spend eternity in hell because they never believed in their heart. They never confessed with their mouth. They did a lot of religious things. You know, religious can't, religion can't save you. If you rest in the law, he said to the Jews, if you're depending on a label, Romans chapter number 2, behold, thou art called a Jew and resteth in the law. You know what Paul does? He said that don't matter. You can be the most religious person. You listen, you can, be the, you can be a person that says all the right things, does all the right things, has your hair combed just right, knows when to stand up and sing, knows when to say amen, teach Sunday school class. Hey, you can, you can work in the nursery every single week, and maybe that will get you to heaven. Okay, somebody help me. We need your help back there. You can work in the Sunday school every single week. You can get up and preach sermons. Man, you could, you could sing in the choir. You could do good things. You could be the biggest giver in this church. Spend eternity in hell if you've never been healed by the Savior, if you've never been healed by the Master. Man, if you've never been touched and made clean, the forgiveness of sin. Man, Jesus playing, listen, paid a price that you could never afford to pay and that I could never afford to pay. When everybody else, listen, when nobody else could fix this leper's problem, right? No doctor could. No doctor can fix your biggest problem. I mean, no, no man could help this man but the God-man. And when this man touched him, guess what ended up happening? Man, he was made completely clean. And can I just say to you, when we're saved by the grace of God, hey, that leprosy is no longer on us. That sin is no longer on our account. He takes our sin and he puts, listen, he puts his account on ours. It's kind of like this. If you, let's say you had a major, you had a credit card, okay, and you owed some money on that credit card. There ain't nobody in the world that's going to help you with it, by the way, <laughs> except you, right? I mean, it would be like, gee, this is what it would be like. W what's going to come due every single month on that credit card? A bill. That bill's going to, could you imagine? I mean, you know, that's what, we have an account that's coming due one day. Every one of us. There's coming a day when we have an account that's coming due. And I'm, I'm just here to report to you this morning that if you've trusted Jesus, that sin account that you have, that list that you have, that credit card statement that you have, that expense report that you think you need to fill out, listen, you, you're going to go open that bill one day and you're going to see something and it's going to say this, it's been paid in full. Man, that price that you couldn't pay, that bill that you couldn't pay, man, that thing that you couldn't pay, listen, 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary, he took that bill, he made that payment, he paid it all. Listen, he took care of it. It's behind you. He has healed you from it. Aren't you thankful that he, he's taking care of that for us this morning? 
Aren't you thankful that he's paid that price? Let me say this as we, we get ready to move on here as we think about this. If you've never, listen, if you've never allowed him to pay that bill, allow him to pay it today. Matter of fact, he's already paid for it. You just need to go over there and have him accept. Is everybody trying to come here? You just need to hand it to him this morning. Man, that sin that's separating you from God, if you've never trusted, it may be one of these things this morning that you pray in your, your heart and in your mind. Say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that I'm on my way to hell. God, come into my life and save me from my sin. I believe in my heart. That you, and I confess with my mouth that you are who you say you are. And I'm not talking about repeating some magic words. I'm talking about believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Oh, that he's the one that can make the difference in your life. He's the one that came and lived a perfect life. He's the one that came and died on that cross in my place. If you've never done that, let me just encourage you. Don't leave this place today without getting that thing settled. Man, don't leave, that, don't leave this place today without getting that nailed down. Man, we see here the plague of sin, the problem, the promise of salvation, the power, and then the testimony of the saved, the product. Every one of us this morning either has been or is that leper sitting on the side of the road, diseased by sin, begging for a little bread, needing healing, needing to see Jesus, needing the touch of God. You have either received the touch of God, or can I just say this this morning, you need the touch of God. Listen, we either received it or we need it this morning. And I just want to just simply, this is my challenge, my question today for you, straight up salvation message. Have you received the touch of God in your life? Let me just say this, if you've trusted Him the Holy Spirit indwells you. You ain't the same person that you used to be. Listen, it says this, you become a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know, when we trust Christ, some things change. I believe our demeanor changes. The way we see things. Not only does our demeanor change, but guess this is a good one. You know what else changes? Our destiny changes. Where we're going to end up, where we die changes. There's a choice that every one of us are faced with, especially at our church, because we're going to lay it out there. When you leave your butt, when you breathe your last breath, you're either going to spend eternity in devil's hell, or you're going to spend in separation from God, or you're going to send, spend your eternity in the presence of God. And there's no middle ground. There's no other choice. There's two places people go when they die. It's either heaven or hell. And I've been in both funerals before. Man, I've been in places where, uh, man, where it was doom and gloom. Man, you knew that that, I mean, there was just no evidence. There was no testimony of salvation. It's one of the most morbid, hard places to ever be. I've been on the other end of it. Man, with a saint of God that knew the Lord. I was on the phone with a preacher last night, young preacher. About 8.30, called me. First time he's ever sat by a bedside of his stepdad's dying. He's going to pass, probably pass the next 24 hours. I was on the phone with him last night. Just working through this with him. And he went in, talked to his stepdad. I said, John, I said, just go ask him. Just ask him if he knows, if he's got it settled, if he knows where he'll spend eternity. John went in there last night and he asked his dad, he said, Dad, 
What have you done with the Lord? What, you, what have you done with you? Has there been a time in your life? Have you got it settled? Are you ready to go? Do you know the Lord? And his stepdad looked at him and said, Son, I know him. I'm saved. I may not have lived like it. And there may have been some times in my life where it didn't look like it. But I know that when I leave this life, I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. And John called, man, John called me back. And he's like, Jake, it, there was a peace that came over me when I left that room. And this is why. Y'all listen. This is why. Because he knew that to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, for those of us that are saved, if you've never followed Christ, if you've never trusted Him, listen, if you've never put your faith, listen, for salvation in Jesus and Jesus alone, not in your baptism, not in your catechism, hey, not in some work, not in some financial thing, hey, not in being a Baptist, not because you're sitting here this morning, not because daddy's a preacher, if it's in the blood of the Lamb. Listen, your faith and your trust for your problem in Jesus and Jesus alone. Y'all listen to me, church. It's not a more important message that's ever been preached behind this pulpit. Don't leave here today, my friend, without getting that nailed down. Listen, don't leave here. Don't let pride keep you from getting saved. Hey, don't let someone else can think about you keep you from trusting Christ this morning. Hey, don't leave here. If God's drawing you, allow the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God to collide in your heart. Your eternity this morning is at stake. I just want to encourage you. Maybe you sat here week after week and you've heard sermon after sermon. The Holy Spirit of God's worked on your heart, but you didn't know what to do with it. Hey, in just a minute, we're going to have a time where there will be some counselors on this front row that would love after the service to sit down with you and take a Bible and not tell you what man says, not tell you what some religion says, not tell you what Baptists say, but can tell you what God says about how you can know for sure where you'll spend your eternity. Heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. I just want to ask you one question this morning. I want to ask you one question. If you're here today and you say, Preacher, If I were to die today, I'm not 100% sure where I'd spend my eternity. Listen, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to have you come forward. I just want to pray for you this morning. You say, preacher, if I were to die today, I'm not 100% sure where I'd spend my eternity. Is there anybody like that this morning? Slip your hand up this morning. Say, preacher, I'm not sure. Preacher, I'm not sure. Amen. All right, our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Let's stand to our feet. The altar's open as Matt begins to sing this morning.